Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Thanks for joining me on Market View. Now, let's get you up to speed with what's happening across the markets. And let's start things off with the region. We've got Japanese markets just slightly underwater by 0.1%. Korean markets are up by 0.1%. And Australia just above break even by 0.3%. So a bit of a subdued start so far in Asia. And this follows the overnight action on Wall Street where we saw back-to-back losses. So two days in a row, it's down. And this is seeing the Dow Jones Industrial Average lower by 80 points or 0.2% to 32,653. The S&P 500 fell 0.4% to 3,856. And the Nasdaq Composite was the biggest loser, lower by 0.9% to 10,891. So it was a case of good news for the economy being bad news for stock markets. We saw stocks losing their footing after the US Labor Department said job openings rose to 10.7 million in September. And that fails to provide any indication that a hot labor market is cooling off. So that is also weighing on markets. And we are looking at the ISM data coming through as well. The Manufacturing index dropping 0.7 percentage points to 50.2 in October. While that's the lowest reading in two and a half years, it's higher than the consensus forecast of 50. So a bit of a mixed picture when it comes to the US economy. In terms of bright spots, we also saw the ADRs of Chinese companies rallying. And these include the e-commerce giants like Alibaba Group, which was up 3.6%. Chinese internet names like ITE up 5.5%. Bilibili, Huya and JD.com all also in the green. And that tracks the news that Hong Kong stocks rallied yesterday in response to an anonymous post on Chinese social media suggesting that the government may intend to soften its pandemic-related restrictions beginning in March. And looking at how we are faring so far in the opening minutes for Singapore markets, the STI right now down 0.4% at 3,119. So that is after a six-day winning streak. So some profit-taking there in line with the rest of the region. And some stocks to look out for today. Great Eastern, that is OCBC's insurance arm, reporting its earnings this morning, posting a net profit of $278 million for the third quarter. That's up 30%, driven by higher profit from its insurance business. SIA Engineering reporting a 87.6% jump in its second quarter net profit at $19.7 million. Revenue was up 38% driven by higher flight activities and higher revenue across all segments. And Golden Energy and Resources, the coal miner, is looking to restructure or exit or substantially exit all of its energy coal business. So these stocks in focus on the local front. Now let's loop in Raushan into the conversation to talk about what's on his radar. Raushan, what is catching your eye right now? Well, plenty caught my eye based on what you said. But I want to zoom in on China and the news that they might make do without their COVID-0 policy. I know it's just speculation at the moment. It's based on a social media post. And the foreign ministry has come out to say nothing is confirmed. There is no committee being formed to look at easing out COVID-0 policies. But Ryan, my question to you is, was this always a matter of time because they had to keep up with the rest of the world? Well, 
I think it was a factor of many things where mm. you have you know, markets in China just going through a bit of a slump. In fact, last week they hit a nine-year low when it yep. comes to US-listed Chinese stocks. Yep. So it was just a matter of time before any width of good news sent markets higher. So Chinese investors really hungry for any bright spots in the horizon. And this really came through. People have been looking forward to that day when China will exit COVID-0. Yeah. And based on the unverified social media posts, a committee has been formed to look at various scenarios on how China can exit COVID-0 with a target of March next year. So far, despite downplaying that uh, I guess possibility mm. markets still are pricing in some optimism that it will happen eventually and that's why we saw some of the reopening names like Trip.com up 8.4% yep. Hotel Operator H-World Group up 11% and many of the Chinese internet names and technology companies also enjoying a bit of a bounce yeah, certainly. I think we just need to touch on the COVID zero policy. While the country hasn't been issuing sweeping lockdown orders like in Shanghai earlier this year, they have been still doing lockdowns by stealth, right? Where officials mm. are communicating to businesses directly just to close small sections. So technically, it's still hard on the COVID zero policy. And it'll be interesting to see if the speculation is true and they move on from that. Speaking of moving on, let's move it on to something you are very much looking forward to. I know that for a fact. The Singapore FinTech Festival gets underway today. Ryan, why don't you tell me, how excited are you for this one and what are you most looking forward to? <laughs> well, this is Singapore's flagship financial event. Mm. And finally, I think you've got that opportunity to network with so many more people. You know, after COVID-19, the past two years, we haven't had that really play out to this scale. Finally, you've got that opportunity to just mingle with the crowds, soak in the atmosphere, look at all the exhibits, all the gadgets, all the gimmicks they have, and of course, make some new friends. And this is where Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Lawrence Wong will be giving his opening address today. So I'll be there for that as well as the other sessions where you've got many headliners from around the region just coming to Singapore. Uh, but also worth noting, we have in Hong Kong... Uh, Almost competing Will you events. be there as well? <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to make the trip, but it is also drawing a lot of attention. Of course. And this is where we have uh, what's called the Global Financial Leaders Investment Summit. So this is where all the Wall Street CEOs will mm. be there for. You've got the Goldman Sachs CEO, David Solomon, among them. Wow. And they are going to be giving some speeches, of course, making headlines around how they view where the economy is going. And it is already driving some drama because many people have started to drop out of the attendance list because mm. of various reasons. Yep. Some cited personal reasons, health reasons, some tested positive for COVID-19, uh -oh. including the Citibank CEO, James Fraser. Oh, and even the finance secretary, uh, Paul Chan, is tested positive, has tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, no. So yeah. he was supposed to make a speech as well. So yeah. that is also taking a bit of a dent. So that's in the backdrop. Plus, you've got US policymakers making a bit of noise that because it's happening in Hong Kong and because of all the tensions between the US and China, they've been trying to get these US banks from not going to Hong Kong to attend it. Ah, okay. So yeah. that's also in the backdrop. Mm. So that's happening in Hong Kong. And of course, we've got our FinTech Festival here in Singapore. And I think we will be expecting a lot of headlines coming through from all these business leaders and thought uh, leaders as well. 
Yep, certainly. I think you touched on it there. Singapore and Hong Kong both hosting these mega festivals. It almost seems like a move away from the pandemic. While the threat of the pandemic still looms large because you listed out a bunch of people who will be missing because they've tested positive and stuff like that. It is a sign of times that we're trying to move on. Now, the final thing I want to talk to you about, Ryan, is slightly lighthearted. You took a trip to Sunoco Fishery Port recently and it caught my eye on Instagram. So yeah. what was that experience like? Yeah, if you want to catch up on the pictures and the videos, you can check out my Instagram. It's ryanhuang.sg. So it was one of like, those Like, share, subscribe. Where you can also take part in because it's open to the public. But let me okay. give you the lowdown. Yeah. It's in Sunoco, of course. It's actually going to be closing next year and moving to the larger Jurong Fishery. So it's your also last chance to catch it. So essentially... It opens after midnight. So this is where all the fish mongers um, get their stuff from. Mm. The wholesalers are here. They get their fish from suppliers. They ship it here and distribute it to restaurants, to people who just want a good bargain. So it happens between 1 to 4. So this is where you can check out all the action where they bring in the fish from the cargo boxes and unpack it scale it, distribute it, pack it. So it's really where all the action is before it actually hits the wet markets, wow. which you might be more familiar, yeah. familiar with, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for you, you might be able to also get a chance to see the auctioning or the oh, sale wow. process happening yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. So there's a bit of drama and colour behind it. And of course, if you got a chance, uh, try to talk to some of these guys there. Mm. They will be able to tell you some of their stories. Yeah, that's that's very exciting to know. Now, jokes aside, honestly, go take a look at Ryan Huang's Instagram page. The pictures there are fascinating. Ryan, I have to ask you, you talk about experiencing this whole wholesale market vibe, right? Can you also purchase fish? Because if I tell my mom I'm going, she's going to want <laughs> me to buy some fish home. Yes, um, most of them have a minimum order. So be prepared to bring your basket as big as you can get <laughs> yeah. to ship it back home. Of course, if you've got a personal transport, that is better as Not well. Not sure I'm shipping fish in my personal transport. But yeah. Yes, yeah. Because you can imagine it's in a very secluded place and I don't think any Grab driver will be happy to pick you up. <laughs> Certainly. To, to and fro there. Yeah. So that's um, one thing to note off. Um, also, it's worth interesting, uh, also quite interesting to see uh, this there, if you can catch it. It's the ice maker van or truck. Okay. You can imagine the amount of ice that needs to be used yes, yeah. to just keep your fish fresh and frozen. Yeah. So they actually truck the ice from Malaysia all the way to Sunoco wow. and then grind it with the machines on site yeah. and distribute it to the various store owners. So mm. imagine that the ice comes from Malaysia rather than being made here is for some reason more economical to I thought as much, ship yeah. it from Approach, Malaysia. Yeah. Hours of driving instead of making it here. Yeah, that's, yeah. Just, that's just boggles my Yeah, mind. that's a fun fact for you. That might be a good pub quiz question because not many people will know the ice at Sunoco is made for, in Malaysia, right? Now, very quickly, final question on this. How to sign up? How did you go about setting up uh, this trip for yourself? So this was a guided tour that happened okay. during the My Community Festival. It happened some time ago. But if you want to, as a member of public, it's open. You just have to bring your IC along. Okay, okay. And like Ryan touched on at the top of this topic, it is going to be moving soon. The Sunoco Fishery Port is going to be moving to Jurong. So days are numbered. You might as well get yourself a chance to go and check it out. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.